This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. To everyone in our audience across 44 states, countries overseas, thank you for listening week after week and for making Your Valuable Home among the top 10% of all podcasts. We have two big announcements to make. Aha, the first one. Beginning the first Friday in January 2023 and continuing for five Fridays into February 2023, we'll serve up the podcast and YouTube series. That's YouTube as well. It's called The Coolest Neighborhoods in America. Enduring, historically significant architectural style was the determining factor in the neighborhoods we chose to feature. First up, multiple neighborhoods in Philadelphia and surrounding areas that feature to this day prime examples of homes in the mid century modern architectural genre. That podcast and YouTube release Friday, January 6th. Then on Friday, January 13th, we'll interview two longtime residents of Medford Lakes, a resort community of log homes turned year-round Mecca on a series of lakes in the protected Pinelands of New Jersey. And the coolest neighborhoods of America will continue through the first week in February with podcasts and accompanying YouTube videos. This is a first for us. Anybody who's interested in architectural styles and just finding about these communities where the common denominator is a real sense of pride of about the community. Then in early February, we'll celebrate our 100th podcast. Can you believe that, Kevin? 100 podcasts. Podcast. That's podcast. amazing. I've actually watched you get older doing this project. <laughs> and the beginning of our ninth year in broadcasting and podcasting with tons of ideas for our listeners from Kevin and Ron and frequent contributors to Your Valuable Home. Ideas to help our listeners make affordable home improvements as well as lots of ideas to enhance the value of their communities. Our 100th podcast celebration begins in early February. All about you, the listeners of Your Valuable Home. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. Okay, Kev, new show, new day, and we got Debbie on for a repeat interview, and today she's talking about her new black-on-black Provia window, right? Yep, yep, that finally came in. Let's do it. So, hey, thanks for doing this again. I know the uh, kitchen, you were just recently on Loving the New Kitchen, the enlarged new kitchen. We talked about a few things with the kitchen, but we really never got into the black windows and how they look now that the back of the house is completely done. The Provia door, the awning window, and that triple window we just recently done. Tell us your thoughts. The window is so incredible. I love the black on black. It really updates my house and I can see so clearly into my beautiful backyard now. I had white windows before that were double hung windows and these are black long 
uh, windows that are rectangular from up and down. And the view through the Provia window is just outstanding. It is super clear. It is so sharp. It makes the outside of the house look great. I've had uh, neighbors already come up to me and discuss how amazing the windows look from the outside. They haven't even been in my house to see the inside, which is just incredible from the inside as well. It really makes the room complete, very modern and up to date. It does. It does. And the best is part is just one window. Well, there's three of them in a series. So the lower side. Oh, okay. Gotcha. When All we right. talked about doing the entire first floor. So from when you walked in from the laundry room, there was a patio door. Then it started the new kitchen, which we took all the walls out. And at the kitchen sink is a awning window, just one large picture window that operates. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was a bump out and there was a triple window, triple double window. We put three casements in. So when you look at the back of the house, it looks great. But I, I got to say this when I was talking to her husband, Mike, I said, Mike, uh, how do you love me? He goes, well, he paused again. And I, I said, well, what's the problem? He goes, well, he goes, the rest of the house is still the old windows. I said, yeah, isn't it? Wait, that's a project for 23, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So that's what he's like. I guess I got to do the windows. I said, yes, you do. But I said, happy spouse, happy house, right? He's like, mm, he just right. kept smiling. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I said, even like I said, how does it look? He said, those windows look amazing. Because what you're looking now is you, you thought you had a very good window prior to this. And it's close because the second floor right above is the old window. Now you have these new beautiful black windows. And the difference, oh my God, what a difference between. Well, just the don't two. go out, uh, you know, don't, don't go look out up. back for it. Don't look up. <laughs> don't look up. <laughs> don't look up. Don't look around. But it's, uh, yeah, they're, it's just on the back right now. But they have windows in the front of the house. But that's what I said. I said, listen, when you're going to do the front of the house, just try to do the whole front. Yeah. Don't piecemeal that oh, because no. people are going to see that. Yeah. Because it is, it's a world of difference. And that's why I wanted to get her back on to talk about this because it, it really was. Black windows today are, and hopefully everybody's putting in Provia black windows. Black windows are really the, the window of the year, really, basically, right? You see them going in all over the place, black windows. I, I the, This is the first time I did a black on black and the finish on the inside. David, layman's turns, like you've seen the interior of the window. Tell us what you think about the, the finish on that interior window. The finish on the interior window is just sh super sharp and crisp, and it's just phenomenal how it lays into the same space that I had, but it just makes such a world of difference. It's literally night and day. Um, you can view it at night, during the day. It just looks outstanding, incredible. It really shines throughout the entire family room, which is where it's located. And I'm so glad that I decided to do the black on black because I was contemplating doing uh, black on the outside, white on the inside, but I'm glad that I did the black on black. It really just updates and modernizes the home. Okay. Yeah, it does. When I was caulking the outside of the window, there were landscapers next door. And he said, wow, that's, that's a great looking window. He said, more people are doing black. I said, well, this is something different. It's black on black. He said, really? You're talking about black interior? I'm like, yeah, it's one of the most popular things. It makes a lot of sense. If you like the black window, you're not going to be able to enjoy it if you're inside the house. So to have the black on the inside of the house makes a lot of sense. It does. Well, they always say when you're doing your siding, you're doing it for your neighbors because when you're sitting inside exactly. your family room, you don't yeah. see it. But this one, And you're landscaping. You're landscaping like uh, ground plantings around your house. You don't see it. Your neighbor sees it. Yep. 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 This was, uh, but I, I was so impressed with how the window installed for me. And when you have a good quality window, it makes my job easier to install. So when people talk about like these, because this was a large window, it was eight and a half feet by five feet. Pretty big. Yeah. So trying to get the window in place, uh, they're heavy windows. And when any contractor would tell you, when you have a nice, heavy, solid window, you know you're getting quality. But the installation, once you level it and plumb it, it's that easy. The windows operate so smooth. 
Now, there, as you notice the the cranks and how you open it, did you find from being such a heavy window, even with the the Provia patio door that we put in, being so heavy, did you see the operation? And what do you think of the operation with being such a heavy door? Is it easy? Is it hard? It was super easy. I was very impressed because it is a very solid, heavy door. Um, you can see that with the double pane glass. So I expected it to be a little harder to open, and it wasn't. It just glides super smooth, easy operation. I could open it with one finger. It's great. I absolutely love that because I hate when you have to open a door, and it's really hard to open. So this was perfect. How do they accomplish that? Do you know? Uh, the rollers are phenomenal. Okay. So yeah. It all comes down to rollers? It does. Yeah. It, you, you, we put doors in years and years ago, and when you have bad rollers, you really have to drag the door to get it open, and there's no reason to. Right. So if you buy better rollers, you're going to get a better performance door. And Provia never cut corners with that. They said, we're going to do this the best because we don't want problems. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love doing the doors. Like I said, I've been doing it for nine years, 10 years now, the Provia doors. And by doing it, it makes the installation go easier for me. So as long as, I, as David and I are getting older, we have the skateboard uh, to move the door around because it's so heavy. A skateboard? Yeah, we use a skateboard. We just, we're, we're getting older. And these doors are heavy but that when you go in you know that you're putting a good quality door in but the, the key is the operation but how do you put windows and windows are pretty heavy too when you have to go to the second story how are you doing it magic yeah that's a i mean they're heavy right you'll they're, yeah. they're very heavy yeah. okay. but that's the thing that people really wanted they want this heavier product because they you feel quality when you have something that's light and airy and you're paying money for or something that just doesn't feel right and it it's probably flimsy, doesn't stand up too and it doesn't and it doesn't so if you're going to do something and spending a little bit more to get a quality that's going to last you for a lifetime that's why I want to sell it. Because when you have problems, you know what the problems are? They're always calling the contractor. They're not calling anybody else but the contractor first. No, there's, the every, there's every argument to be made for buying quality products. Absolutely. And Provia is a, definitely a quality product right at the top. So, yeah, it's, it's in. The, the place looks great. And uh, one thing I always forget to do is take pictures before and after. But I believe the homeowner covered me on this. Did you, Deb? Please? Yes, I did. Of course. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I love it. Of course. It. So we have to get some staging uh, at the end to do a, a complete professional photo because the, the place looks amazing. And I always tell homeowners when we get done the job, you got to remember what you, we started at the beginning. When we started, we were talking about it. We were talking about the getting the black on black, making that decision. But as we were discussing that, we had the old kitchen, the old kitchen table. Uh, the rooms were cut up. And you really didn't get to notice or appreciate as much as that we did now seeing what you have. Mm-hmm. And what really stands out when I love it the most is the backsplash. She chose this beautiful herringbone backsplash. And then right in the center of the sink is a large. What black. color is it? What color is my backsplash? It, uh, it's a, you say like a marble? Uh, yeah, I would say it's a, like a whitish, uh, grayish uh, shades of those two colors um, melded together in a herringbone um, chevron pattern. Okay, what's a, what's a countertop? So, the countertop is quartz. Uh, it's uh, a white with some gray veining through it. Okay, so that black window is really going to pop in there, right? Yes, yeah. it definitely yeah, pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were doing the job. I don't want to put the window in because there was a lot of construction. And when that window finally came in, uh, we, we put it in. And Dave's like, he was excited because I had to come to the studio that day. And Dave's like, ah, I got the window done. I was like, why'd you do it? He's like, I really wanted to see the black, how it really looked on the inside. Because it was an old window, and the old window was leaking. It was cold air. Uh, Deb, I think your husband put some foam on the inside for all those years to try to stop the air from coming in because he said it was always very cold. That is the most annoying thing. My windows before, Exactly. Before the drafts did. definitely were there, so we are thrilled not to have drafts. Yeah, that anymore. is very, very annoying when that happens. Yes. Yeah. Well, you notice it more in the wintertime. 
Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> By the cold air coming in. But getting a window in like that, it just it's going to make the world a difference. But here's the thing in the summertime, now that uh, we got the, done more in the colder weather, is that it's all low-E glass. And the windows that you have, I'm sure you felt in the summertime when the sun comes in, it feels like a magnifying glass and it gets so hot. Have you noticed that with the sun coming on, on the prior windows? Yes, definitely. You're not going to notice that. I, I didn't tell you that because, again, with the winter time, but I probably slipped my mind. But with that glass, you could have that sun come in. You don't need to put shades on it, and your, your room's not going to heat up. You're going to feel just a little warmth as opposed to that magnifying glass and that radiant heat that's coming. You can get a good suntan off of that. Yeah. That's fabulous because yeah. I do not like uh, being hot or cold, so that sounds like it'll be the perfect temperature. It will be. Yeah, once we get the bedrooms done, it'll be probably a little bit better. But what I'd say what you do is work on the front of the house on the next set series of windows that we're going to put in because you have a bunch in there and you do have a black door there. And then uh, you and I still need to talk about that laundry room door. We're going to be doing a Provia door uh, full glass, I believe we're going to do full, with the blinds full in it. Full glass? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. For the laundry room. For the laundry room. That sounds nice, yeah. Black on black. That's, it's that going to be black nice, exterior, yeah. black yeah. interior. It sounds nice. A lot of people don't use black in their homes. I like it. I like it. I have my um, kitchen table or the chairs are all black. And my bedroom furniture is black, too. The top's black. Black and like a maple stain on the bottom. Well, you know what? Thinking I like about black. It, we, to turn, because the house, there's nothing really in the house that's black. But what we decided to do is we just put some interior doors in. And it's all glass for the office room. And what we decided to do was just to spice it up without spending a lot of money. We just painted the black. So the sash of the doors, the doors themselves, not the frame around it, is white. Gotcha, gotcha. But they're black. Okay. And and he said, uh, you're, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Deb, you had a few people over and they said they love those black doors. Oh, yeah. I have gotten so many compliments because as soon as you walk in, that's the first thing you say. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So those those are some little things that you do that when you're designing a house Absolutely. that don't cost anything to Absolutely, do. Absolutely, yeah. That makes such a difference. And that's why I said when we talked about the windows, I know it was a little more of a lead time to get them, but it really all fell into place that we really didn't hold anybody up. But Deb, I mean, bottom line, do you think it was well worth it to put the black on black in? Absolutely, 100%. I think Michael and I are both thrilled that we decided to go with the black on black. Well, you're all set for the holidays now, right, Deb? Yes, we are. There you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, coming back. I want to talk about that Provia window and the, the black interior. That was my first time doing it. And it's going to be a lot more of those coming as we, we go along throughout the year in 2023. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to the party when you're ready to have it uh, to break <laughs> in that new kitchen. I'll let you know. Okay, Kev, you keep coming up with these really horrific horror stories. What are we What are we talking about today? Well, here's one of the ones local that I actually got to see on the way in uh, as I was driving to work. I had to take a picture of somebody driving a trailer that had windows on it. So some of the older windows and newer windows in the trailer. Me looking at it as a contractor, I wanted to be able to decipher what this contractor was doing. So we've done probably 15, 20 shows over the past nine years doing this horror stories or educating homeowners on how to properly install windows. Right, exactly. What yeah. not to do is what this gentleman was doing. So as I, I looked at a couple of the windows they had, they were the existing windows. And you can see on the side, the nailing flange was hacked off. So it was really rigid going down. So what they do is, and I've seen it tons of time by contractors, they'll take a... So they were the trash windows that you were looking at in the truck. Yes. Yeah, okay. But he had the new windows also. So it was trying for me as as a contractor putting the puzzle together and exactly what he was doing to install the windows at this homeowner's house. Mm -hmm. So as you look at the older windows, they take sawzalls, what they do is. And what they do is they put it between either stucco, stonework, siding, 
and the window itself, and they will sawzall a line in between that element. So what they're doing is they're cutting the existing nailing flange out to pull the window out. Now what they're doing is they're taking a replacement window because in the picture, and I'll put it on the social media feed, Your Valuable Home, they have the foam on the side. And what that is is a replacement window. And with a replacement window, all you're doing is sliding that window inside an existing opening, putting four screws in and caulking the outside. Right. Now when that caulk wears out, what's your line of defense further behind that siding to stop the water from coming in if you don't have anything else back there nothing zero you sure nada that's exactly right so these are some of the things when you're getting an estimate and how to break down estimates you really need to ask the contractor can we talk about the applications that you're going to be doing step by step on what it takes to install the windows yeah but people also have to know what steps are required so he could put anything down there if they don't know what steps are actually required that's what our job is to tell them that right yes and if you Mm -hmm. don't go proper step by step what's going to happen is you're going to be in a a world of trouble because number one, what if the contractor's out of business? Number two, what if you have an issue of a contractor who's not really doing the job right or even forget to caulk? That window's going to be leaking immediately from day one. And Ron, when you talk about stucco, we've done several jobs on stucco where people have problems. And the problems are that the window itself fails. You have a cheap window, a vinyl window that's put in improperly. And what happens is the wells break at the corner. Now you have the water penetrating inside that house. Correct. So there is at no time this contractor or wannabe contractor doing the job is protecting these people for future problems. So basically what you do is once you're in, you think it's a great job that hasn't rained yet. You pay the guy the money and then next thing you know, you're going to have problems down the line. So what I'm trying to set people up in this horror story is that when you're getting the right job, you've got to ask the right questions. And if you're not going to ask the right questions, these are the problems you're going to run into future-wise. You know, we've told people to, uh, in the past, told our listeners that if they have a roof done, they should have the roofing contractor take pictures, not just in one spot, you know, we're like replacing flashing or whatever, but in multiple, the whole roof, okay? Why don't they also take pictures of window installation? So that if they have a problem, they can go back and say to the contractor, he says, well, I did it right. And no, you didn't do it right because there's no rubber down on the, on the, on the, uh, on the sill. It's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. They shouldn't tell that you're, you, I got two thumbs up on that, right? I give you three thumbs up. Okay, three thumbs. All right, three thumbs. So okay. what that rubber is doing is working in conjunction. If the window does fail, it's going to leak in. Now, you can take even an old window out and stucco applications, put the same leaky window back in as long as you have the rubber down. Because now it's sitting on the rubber and drain planing away from the house if you properly install it. So when you have the rubber installed correctly, if that window does leak, it's sitting on the rubber, not the wood. And right. that will drain plane right. properly away. So they, these are the things that if you don't properly do these steps, you're going to have a problem. Yes, it's going to cost more. Listen, I get it. I understand it's going to cost more money. But if you're going to be doing a job and spending $10,000 on a job, why don't we spend, say, 10400 do it right, and you're never going to have a problem? Makes a lot of sense, don't you think? Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense not to take the lowest bid when bids come in because, you know, people are always looking for a deal. But a deal could lead to huge problems like on down the road. Don't you agree? <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen it many, many, many times, right? How many deals do you find on when you're listening to either social media or advertising by a lot of manufacturers saying, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a deal. You buy one window, we're going to give you two for free. And I would love anybody to come on and say, that's a great deal. And I remember, Ron, you and I did that one. You got to know how much the first window is. Right, the first window is. I mean, if you were offered 10 windows, but what's the price of the first window? So what is a bottom line deal is what you're getting. Most important thing, three things that we always talked about on the show. Number one, what are you purchasing? Number two, what's the method of application? Are they sawzalling it out? Are they putting rubber down? Are they putting foam down? And the third thing is who's the one physically doing the work? You roll them all three, and then you look at the price. The value's there at that time. 
Then you want to hire the contractor if he answers all of your questions. A lot of times when these contractors are just trying to say, hey, the win is going to be great, but we'll give you a lifetime warranty. What's a lifetime if you go to business three days later? There's <laughs> no, no lifetime. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, warranties are only as good as the companies that stand behind it, whether it's a big company or a small company. Right. And we've done a couple <laughs> of the larger ones that had problems and they did fix it. But here's my question. Why don't you do it right from the first time so you don't have any problems? Homeowners don't want to take more time out of their schedule to be home to watch a contractor do work if you're doing it wrong the second, third, or fourth time. If you want insurance, like the idea of taking pictures of windows or whatever, siding, because if you have a problem at a later date, you can go always go back to the contractor and say, well, there should have been this or that done, okay? And it, yeah, look at the picture. It wasn't done. And there's no contest at that point. Correct. You caught him red-handed. Well, but don't you want to feel confident that the person you chose to do the job is going to do the right job in the beginning yeah you do you do but you still have to take steps to protect yourself i agree with you yeah Yeah, i mean most of the time lately we've had homeowners that are home now grand we're the one doing the work but i will be glad to take pictures prior before whatever we're doing explain method of application because i want you to be knowing exactly what we're doing to get that comfort level and i tell contractors this all the time listen when you get that comfort level of the homeowner they're going to refer you and then that's how you stay busy. And that's why I've been in business for 33 years, because that's the way I do it. I don't do big social media ads. I don't advertise. I've never done any of that because mm-hmm. if you do it right the first time, you're going to get more jobs. Right. But today it's first. all about getting in, getting the money. Who cares about the homeowner? And once you get the money, you're well, done. Well, that's sort of an epidemic in American business today. It's just not, it's not confined to the contracting business. Well, that's... Why I wanted to discuss this is that well, I know we did several shows with them. We, we talked about it, how to properly install them. Contractors do it a lot. I hear it a lot where they're just taking a sawzall, cutting the nailing flange out. Do me a favor, contractors. Do right for the homeowners. Spend a little bit more time to put a window in that's going to last. And then, Ron, what the problem's going to be for us is that our horror stories are going to drop because now contractors are doing it right. It may cost more money. But in the long run, you're never going to have a problem if you do these steps. We're going to minimize all those problems, and you'll, you won't have the callbacks. Because when you get a callback, now you got to be home. They've got to re-rip out the window, redo it, because what they did the first time is not and, right. And chances are the contractor's not going to pay an additional for it either. Right. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll do they, they band-aid it. They yeah. absolutely band-aid it. We've seen a ton of jobs where they've done that. So if you're going to keep band-aiding a window, throwing caulk on a window is not going to solve the problem. It's a temporary fix to get to that next level long enough that you're out of business or the warranty's up. Because once that's up, you're still gonna have that problem. Or how do you know that you're gonna have that problem? What if this job they're working on, the caulk wears out and it's just leaking on the outer part of the wall? Now it's rotting the outside of the house because when people have these stucco issues, they're not noticing on the inside, they're only seeing on the outside when mold starts coming up. But if it's been leaking for two to three years because you didn't maintain your window, because that's what you need to do, now you've got a bigger issue because when you rip everything out, it's not a $20 fix. You're talking about tens to $20,000 to rip everything out and redo the damage that was occurred by the improper installation. So why not do it right the first time? And listen, I, I always tell contracts, come on the show. You tell me why that's such a great installation and we could talk about it. Okay. Probably going to get embarrassed, but uh, that's probably why we don't have any contractors coming on the show and talking about this. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows when you're getting a window installation, talk about certain applications of what you're doing Get it in writing 
and then make sure that the contractors are doing it by taking pictures. Take pictures, yeah. Okay. All right, listen, we've got an interesting feature coming up where I interview Kevin about projects that you should be planning now for 2023, the spring and summer. One of those would be an addition, for instance. Don't take it for granted that you, if you sign somebody up in like March, it's going to happen in April. It's not going to happen, okay? You got all sorts of considerations today. So stick with us. We'll be talking about additions. We'll talk siding, talk windows, and it'll be very, very helpful in your planning for this year. All right. We'll be back after this break. Kev, is it hard for clients planning large exterior projects to visualize how the colors and textures work together? It used to be, especially when they mix products from different manufacturers. Provia's new website and broad selection of exterior products make my job easy. Clients' faces light up as they choose all the products needed to give their home's exterior a now look with Provia's product line and their amazing new website. We use their visualizer right from my laptop. Hey, the site is amazing. Provia makes color selection a breeze. The website has eight suggested exterior color schemes that can be applied to Provia products, or customers can choose shades from any palette to suit their own tastes. The Design Center tab must be a great tool for you in visualizing how all Provia products work in harmony based on window and door configuration, siding, stone, and metal roofing color and style. It's brilliant. You can see how Provia products work together on a sample home or a photo of a client's own home. Then you save the work with the My Portfolio tab. The site even lets me take exterior measurements. The new Provia.com and an expansive line of exterior products deliver on Provia's mission, which is to serve by caring for details in ways others won't. For updating home exteriors, our listeners should go to Provia.com slash YVH first and visualize the possibilities. Okay, Kev, it's just about a wrap on the 2022 Your Valuable Home podcast year. So here's our year-end advice for any listener who wants to spruce up their home in 2023. Let's talk additions first. How about that, okay? Not a bad idea. Any advice on choosing a contractor to build an addition onto your house? (laughs) We we need more than 30 minutes for this. So here's what I would suggest to people when you're you're thinking of a contractor building an addition. It's a lot of multiple steps that you're going to be talking about. Absolutely, a lot of moving parts. And finding the right contractor to do it is it's going to be more difficult than physically doing the work because if you don't start right with the right contractor from the beginning it's going to be a mess you got problems so there's a lot of ways to when you're picking a contractor you got to ask a lot of questions and it's it, listen don't be shy to ask questions because more a contractor is open and honest with you about answering those questions you're going to feel a lot better, more comfortable with hiring. Do you want to go see some of his work that's endured over the years? Yeah, okay. Here's what I suggest. Don't just look at a finished job. A finished job could be the sister, the mother, the brother. You never really know about the finished work. You really want to be able to spend some time because you're spending a lot of money. I mean, any addition is going to run you anywhere from 75000 and on up to wherever Seriously, you're going to Seriously, that spend. much money? Yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. Right. Okay. Right. You see how much is involved into it. Look at a job in progress. Don't tell the contractor when you're showing up. So you can say, hey, listen, you can text them saying, I'm on my way. The reason why is by the time you do something where you say, hey, listen, I'm going to call you. Uh, we're going to he meet up at time. things. Yes, yeah. he can cover okay. things up. He can clean up. I want to see how that job's being run off the cuff, which means that when I show up, if you're starting to do the interior, is a place a mess? Who's the one physically that's going to be doing the work? Are they there on time? Do you say they're going to be there working a day or do they show up? You know, maybe go a couple times. Because I'm sure you're not going to hire somebody that's going to be 75 miles away. You're going to be hiring somebody local sure. that you can get yeah. a hold of. If there's a problem, they can come out. What about if he has too much money up front? What do you do about that? Well, why would you need too much money up front? Now, here in the state of Pennsylvania, they only require uh, the max you can take is a third down. Of whatever the job total is, right? Correct. Now, there are, So if he's asking for 50%, that's a red flag, right? That, right. You don't need 50%. Yeah, with the kind of money you're talking about, that's a lot of money, too. 
Well, you know, when, when contractors talk to me about this and say, well, listen, you know, what if we get stiffed? I'm like, yeah, there, there's homeowners out there that are going to do that. Why don't you write a contract out that's going to be an arbitrary clause that states between you and the contractor, we're going to enter in a contract. We're going to have that money set aside. If there's a discrepancy, then you can go to the arbitrator and say, hey, listen, uh, the contractor, I'm done my part. They don't want to pay. Can you come look at it? We'd have to have an arbitration clause written into. Exactly. But yeah. at least you know the money's there as a contractor and you're not getting paid if you don't do a correct job. But there's always that third party to just walk you through just in case. Now, a lot of I don't need to do that because I don't really ask for a lot of money up front. But most of the time, if you're going to be doing a job with a contractor, what I always recommend is that that contractor should be working for the money which means maybe if he gets that deposit then that's a deposit of 33 percent. sometimes you roll the dice with it because as you've seen with horror stories most of these contractors fall through but there's some that say hey listen i'm going to take the money and run and they're going to get caught by the law either way but if you get the deposit it's 33 hey start working you'll get your next deposit when you're 50 percent done like, what right. do you need that next deposit for? So let him work for that money. Okay. What about checking his suppliers, too? If he's buying a lot of lumber someplace, do you want to check and make sure he's paying his bills? Absolutely. Okay. Why right. not spend a little bit of time? Because I'm sure if the contractors say, say don't be calling my my supply houses or don't be checking around about me, well, that's another red flag. <laughs> that's a little, little bit of a red flag there. Well, that's a big red flag. With me, you're, you're more than welcome to contact everybody I deal with. You can see for the 33 years, do I pay on time? Because I always pay and you get a discount if you pay on time. Ask those questions. Hey, you know, by the way, I, I'm not asking if he's good or bad. I just want to make sure that does he pay his bills on time? And if he does pay bills, does, does he pay with the discount? Now, the discount's in the first 10 days at the end of the month when that new month comes in. If you pay it, most suppliers that I deal with give me a 1% discount. What's well, money in my pocket that I can reinvest into the the company or something I need to do because why not pay the bill? So I always tell people if a contractor is paying his bills on time, he's running a pretty tight ship. If you got somebody that's running uh, so many crews and so many outfits and they're, they're 30, 60, 90 days late on their payments to the supply houses, I always say when you don't get paid, they don't send material out. Okay. So that's a good way of organization. Should people worry about supply chain issues or are they starting to fall into line? I've not had as many issues. Now, when it comes to supply chains, there are certain paints that, that are still not available. Uh, but most of the supply chains that I'm dealing with are much better. Cabinets are great because it's there's really not much petroleum based in that, which you got uh, siding or windows. Certain items can be a delay. They are going to take a little bit longer, but the supply chain has been getting better with their products. I use a lot of Provia products. So with that, their supply chain has been great. I get their yeah, products that's good right news. Away. That's good news. That's good for everybody to keep in mind. So, so Provia, they're not hampered by supply chain problems. Well, you know what? Sometimes contractors are using the supply chain as an excuse. Mm, so I bet there's a lot of that going on, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's always nice to ask ahead. Say, hey, listen, you know, what are the materials that you're going to be using? Is there going to be a supply chain issue? Because I don't want to go enter into a contract uh, pick a certain product out or a cabinet out or a siding out, and I know I'm not going to get it, let me know in advance. So then this way we can make the decision ahead of time so there's no delays. But mm -hmm. see, there's a lot of ways contractors can manipulate a contract that people don't know about. I mean, this is, it's really bad where I can get into a lot of details with it, but I still want to cover a lot of areas when you're choosing a contractor when it comes for an addition. Because just recently, I, I just got a phone well, call. It's, it's almost tantamount to building a house, right? It is. Yeah. But here's the thing. So we just recently got a, a call in that I got to go take a look at because it's local. And the, the gentleman was telling me it was a nightmare in addition because it's somebody just started the company up saying he's in a, a contractor. 
So the homeowner's telling me he, he's building the deck, but the windows aren't in, the roofs. I'm like, wait, he's doing what? I said, it's getting winter. It should be buttoning this thing up. The roof should be on. Because number one, if the roof's not on, subcontractors can't be in the house. The township's going to tell you that. you got to have the roof on, so whatever you're doing on the inside has got to be protected. So. Well, yeah. I mean, people can't be in the Duh. house. Right? <laughs> exactly. But it's these things that you need to do. But a contractor would walk you through all these things. And if he's trying to be like, yeah, listen, just sign here, pushing about the sign. Uh, those are things that are always a red flag to me. Talk to the contractor, get a good feel of how he's working. How's that job going to start? What are we talking about? Who are the subs? They've got to give you so much information up front because usually if there's like, well, you know, uh, we, we got guys. Uh, are they your guys? Are they your employees? How many contractors should you look at for an addition? Well, here's the question. It's not the amount of guys you have. It's the quality amount of guys that you have. Mm -hmm. And again, recently I was just out at one of the additions that I looked at, and it was a big job. And the guy says to me, he's like, listen, this is a you know pretty big project. I said, yeah, I, I understand. He's like, listen, are you going to break down the estimate? Because everybody's just giving me kind of a vague estimate. I said, well, the reason why is because if you really want a detailed estimate, in detail, it's going to take a week. These contractors don't know if they have the job, so are you going to pay me a week's worth of work to do it? And I'll, I'll be glad to break it down, but that's why they're not breaking it down. Well, I wouldn't deal with anybody that doesn't give me a, a detailed estimate on, on a job that big. Well, think about it. If they're not going to do the job, why is somebody going to work a week That's a chicken free? and egg situation. It's going to be it's, it's If you be want tougher. the money, you got to give me the estimate, right? Correct. So that's why I said you got to really feel comfortable at the contract. So mm -hmm. as many estimates as you want to get, What's that estimate entail? If you can't get a detailed estimate from somebody, what does that detail in, in incur? There's so many variables that you've got to look at when it comes to hiring the contractor. But here's, again, so many things that you got to look at is when you're pricing it, how do we know what we're pricing? You need plans first. You need plans. Shouldn't one of the first steps in building an addition be to procure the services of an architect? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Here's why. What am I pricing? You talk to three different contractors, they could have three different ideas in their mind. And if you have three different ideas, it's going to be three different prices. Well, tell you the truth, if I was hiring a contractor and he wanted to just, you know, give me like a sketch of what the thing's going to look like, napkin. I'd say, see ya. Right. So here's what I tell my listeners. Here's what I tell my customers and friends. If you are definitely, you're going to do it. Because if you get contractors, you're going to find, you find the right one. They're for 10% of each other. If you are definitely getting a addition put on, call an architect. When you call the architect, you want to set a preliminary plans. Basically, what it is it's a pricing plan for contractors? So you're at least comparing apples to apples, and that's just the structural part. Because then you've got roofing, siding, windows that could vary throughout the roof because there's so many of levels course. of that detail. Of but at course. least you're getting the building part down. And once that's secured, you'll get a better pricing and feel for what each contractor is going to be offering for their price that they're giving you. And the process for vetting an architect would be similar. I would go back through it again to hiring a contractor. Correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. there is. There's. When people say an architect's an architect, he's got to draw it up. You're mm. right about that. But here's what I'd recommend. So I've been dealing with Matt Petrosky, who's in this area for years, but he's local to the area. There's a lot of companies that will sub out one of the bigger names, but they're only going somewhat of a local. So one thing Matt will tell you is that, hey, you know what? I'm going to build this addition, but I'm going to go on the side yard or in the backyard. And I'm going to go all the way to the property line. I've already dealt with some architects saying, yeah, well, well, whatever you want, we'll do. Well, you can't do that because now you just wasted the homeowner's money because they're not going to be able to get it passed in zoning through the township. It's not going to happen. So, and, and working with that right now, because it, somebody just recently, and it was one of my customers, uh, their nephews got a architect to do something. I'm like, I don't think you could do this. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, the architect drew it up. I said, yeah, but you're, we do a lot of work in this township. You're setback. You're way into the setback. And there's no way you're going to get a variance for this because now it's got a variance. It's got to be 
You go in front of a board. The board's going to see what are you doing to that neighborhood? What are you doing to the house? Is it going to disrupt the flow of that development or that housing development where it's going to look out of place? And they're going to deny that. Now you spend $3,000 for that and you still don't have the plans from the architect, so it's going to be a little bit more money. Make sure that architect knows the area. Mm-hmm. What I also recommend is even call the township building. Say, hey, listen, if, if you dealt, not asking for a referral, but... They won't give you a direct referral, will they? No. Probably no, they, not, no. Some will have a list of people they suggest that you could use. They're not going to tell you if they're good or bad, but you want to ask that township building, hey, by the way, this so is... So they won't tell you, they won't normally tell you who's not done a good job in that in that township if there's a problem yeah. and there's a lot of lawsuits they will tell you that oh yeah but they're not going to tell you the good ones or refer them because of conflicts of interest correct yeah, of course okay but what they'll tell you is yes this architect abc person has been in this development and they do a lot of work in this development if they're doing a lot of work in this township that means they've they know the township rules they know what these setbacks are going to be what codes they're following so it could be a lot easier mm-hmm. and a lot cheaper in the long okay. run dealing with that architect. Right. So always stick yeah. local, but make sure that township that you live in deals with that architect more than okay. more than often. How much time should a listener plan into the schedule to secure the architect, have a plan drawn up, get permits, have your local munis- municipalities engineer review the plans? How much time? My addition was eight months. From oh, I oh, sat oh, down. It's because like a tooth extraction. It is, but you're only doing this once. So why not exhaust your options? Mm-hmm. Sit down with the architect because sometimes, look, my mother-in-law, when she put the plans together, I said, hey, whatever you want, just meet with the architect. Well, she decided to build the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. Then I looked at it. I said to my father-in-law, this is going to be another house. It's double the money. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? I'm like, well, she's like, well, I thought we had, you know, we could do whatever we want. Well, you got to find inside a budget. And an architect will at least get you into a certain budget. And that budget will say, well, listen, give me your ideas of what you're looking to spend. The architect's going to let you know that. And then from there, he can budget something into that. And again, that's the build plant. Mm-hmm. Everything else is the the cabinets you pick is not the architect. The siding you pick is not the architect. So if you want to upgrade, you're controlling the budget at that point. Right. But give him a base on where you want to be so he knows what to build. Gotcha. That could be built because most architects gotcha. will get you in that line. Okay. How much total time should a listener plan for uh, one-story addition or two-story addition? Does it matter? Not necessarily. We've done two, three-story additions in, in record time. Uh, we were in uh, Ivy Lane, which is a local place around here, and I remember about five, six years ago, we built this. In a week and a half, we had the place, the first floor ripped apart, built a three-story addition, put the roof, siding, and windows in, in one week, nine days, and then we were loading the drywall. Wow. I was exhausted at that point. I'm but, sure you were. Uh, it it's can a be done. But these are the things you want to have. Now, everybody knows that are customers of mine, but to our listeners... Here's what I do. And I'm not saying I perfected a lot of the stuff, but if you're dealing with a contractor, whether I'm doing a major kitchen renovations and you hear it on the air from my customers, I give you a scope of work. I'm going to tell you every day what we're doing. The reason why is, number one, the subs I deal with are the guys I've been dealing with for over 20 years. Number two is, granted, I'm on site. I'm the one doing the work. If, if it's a small addition, Dave and I will be doing the framing. I'm doing the windows. I'm doing the siding. I'm doing the trim. I'm doing the painting. I'm doing the cabinet saw. So it allows my time to shorten. Mm-hmm. So you've got to ask that contractor, who you sub it out to? I just want to know who's going to be at the house, who's the one doing the work. Also, can you put in the contract every day what you're going to be doing? Nobody does that anymore. But if you find a contractor that is going to do it, because that plan you get from the contractor, you'll see the work progress, and then you can start to decide. I think I would insist on something like that. Why not? Yeah. If you don't do it, how long is this going to take? Down in Pennsylvania, they say you need to start. And if somebody date. tells you, I don't know, I mean, that's... It's that's a that's a that's like a dead giveaway right yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know, a year, sure. two years. 
Again, I hear, well, there's supply chain problems. Well, I don't really think there's that much of it. I'm handling it better. And as you're hearing for a lot of our customers, we're getting the products in, we're sitting on them because as a contractor, I want all the products there at your house now because of the supply chain issues. So if they're all there, I can start and finish. And when I give prices, so when you, hey, you don't want to go with the cheapest, you don't want to go with the most expensive, you want to go in the middle. Here's one thing funny, Ron. I've been the cheapest every time I've been going out on estimates, at least 95% of the time. And you're getting me mm -hmm. you know, with all the awards and magazines and everything we've done. So it's an easy sell for me, but it makes it more confident with that you're dealing with me personally. Because a lot of times when people say, hey, listen, you know, we're a big company. So should they look for a, a contractor or a company where you're dealing with the guy who's coming out to sell you the job? Um, I, I would highly recommend it, but it's not around anymore. I mean, I would love to get somebody listening to the show as a contractor that still physically works on site and does this and can complete an addition. I mean, my house, again, was uh, 1,290 square feet that we built up, but we gutted the entire first floor. We got 1,400 square feet additional gut, and we're done in eight weeks. And mm -hmm. that's roof, siding, windows, two kitchens, six. It, it was just a massive amount of work, but it can be done. Okay. An addition is about the most involved job we'll be talking about today. I mean, it's got everything going on, a lot of moving parts. What should a listener plan to do first after selecting the architect and the contractor? That's a great question. When you really look at it, I mean, the best advice that I can give you is to, for my listeners to go to provia.com slash YVH. It's the, the first and only way to really get a understanding of what some of the products you're going to be putting to price out your market. So if you get that done and you're getting an addition and uh, listen, the way I always look at it, you can get quick and great. I mean, you can really get confused when you're looking at the same types of product lines or if you're looking at certain windows. Same types certain, of products and different product lines. And it, it, it will throw you off. It, it will definitely do this. You With really, Provia, you can, you can look at that, their product line, and they've got just about everything you need to complete the exterior of an addition, right? And it does. And their, their website, it's an amazing website. And listen, I, I'm not computer savvy. I, I don't use money websites. That website is easy to work with. It gives you, if you want stone, if you want windows, if you want roofing, uh, the metal roofing, there's so many options that you can get, but it walks you through it so much easier than any, anything I've ever dealt with. They make all these products. They make all the products that anybody who's building an addition would need from vinyl placement windows, sliders, doors, even metal roofing and ornamental stone. And the website helps you visualize how all these things go together. It the does. The colors, the textures, the window configurations, all of that. I always tell people, you know, simplify minimize the variables. So if you can minimize looking at other products in other lines and just stick with this, okay? Cuz they make quality products. Just go with it, right? Yeah. Well, when you when you really look at a lot of these Provia products, with me, I'm the one pushing it because I know the quality I'm getting with their products, whether it's going to be windows, uh, the siding. Look, my house, I have I used a double 6 Cedar Max siding Timberline color. I've been doing it on all the jobs. It looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I tell people when you're getting the addition, it's still one thing you're going to be looking at is the siding when you pull up to your house. So curb one, appeal. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't get the right curb appeal from the beginning, and when people are like, well, it, you know, certain products can cost more money. And I said, well, listen, don't look at the cost of the money. I said, look at the value that you're putting into the house. And one of the looks that I look for is not so much the insulation value. It's the look of that product. It looks so much better than going with any other cheap vinyl out there. So I use these better products because I'm looking for, number one, longevity, because I'm going to be living with this product for 50 years. Absolutely. So if you're getting something like that, there's ways you can spend money and keep it in a budget, but siding, 
windows, doors are going to be a big part of keeping your house safe. So why don't you use a product that's going to be quality and built to withstand all the tests of time? That's one of the reasons for the past 10 years that I've been using Provia because of that. I'm getting the quality out of that. And that's why I did it on my house and I've been selling it for years now. I just think it's a logical thing to do. Go to Provia.com, visualize the possibilities. Mixing and matching across multiple brands cause a lot of needless anxiety, I think. I, I wouldn't want it. And it could lead to mistakes that you'll regret, right? Right. Again, exhausting your options from the beginning, at least getting some prices from the contractor on certain products going to make a big difference when it comes to the final number. Here's one thing I always tell people is that when you always look at a price on a certain thing and you're trying to meet that price, you're going to like this or somebody's going to like that a little bit better. And you start nickel and diamond, it, it does add up, but then you got to look at value. The most important thing is the value of what you're putting into it. If you want to make shortcuts, say in, in getting some cheap windows, you're going to be replacing them anyway. So why not be one and done? What's a rough per square foot cost for one or two story addition? <laughs> what part of the country are you talking I like about? To, I like to ask loaded questions. That is a loaded right, question. Just uh, in your experience in this part of the country, just throw it out there. Uh, well, right now it could be anywhere from buck seventy five to two fifty mm-hmm. for standard. Then you go more custom depending on what you're choosing. But there's there's ways one hundred and seventy five like to two hundred and fifty, yeah, square foot. So it can be a little more pricey when you get into that. But again, there's what are we talking? Can we find ways to shave money off the addition? Uh, can we work off the, without putting a concrete, say an addition slab can work off the, put over top of a garage where it saves the cost of putting a foundation in. See, when people think of a foundation, when I did that interview, because I did get a, a few interview uh, rebuttals back when I talked about, I think it was Wall Street Journal that we were in back mm-hmm. on April mm-hmm. 14th. And they said, you know, why do you think it was about 20 to 25% more? And I said, well, number one, let's talk about the, the size of it. So if we're going to go full basement or say just slab on grade, bring it down maybe to 18%. When you have that done, where are you walking up to get into that door? Maybe you have to put a path in. Number two is you have landscaping because you're going to be tearing the lawn up. Then you got to put landscaping around. You have to incorporate all that in the cost because sometimes homeowners forget to do that. And see, they have the addition done. They have blew their budget, they're 10% over. And now the lawn looks like a bomb hit it. Now there's no steps to get up to that new entry door that you put in. So if you ha- don't have that, you've got to learn to budget all that. And that's sometimes if a contractor is avoiding some of those answers to give you, saying, hey, listen, you make sure you consider this for that total budget. Because even though I'm not doing the job as a contractor, I still have people that do it. It's going to be part of your budget. If somebody wants to just put new siding in their house, is there a permit required for a siding job? Uh, it's up to the township. Some townships will adopt a permit application to be done. They don't even inspect it because if you look at some of the work that people do out here, they're just slapping it up. I mean, I got a couple in my neighborhood that people are doing the job. It's You talk about wavy siding. It's just poor workmanship. Uh, the miters are absolute because I, I actually walk up the jobs. I, I really do because I want to see what people are spending. And Some people just have no clue. And then when they hire somebody, they don't know who's doing the job. The, the job looks horrible. And a few of the neighbors did ask me, like, how do I fix it? I'm like, yeah, you rip it down and redo it. So you hired the wrong contractor from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So siding, believe me, siding is, it's a decision that you're making. It's going to be a long time, even if it's a cheaper siding. But if you don't get the right guy to do the quality workmanship up front, you're going to notice it. And one of the reasons why I always like to sell sometimes, and again, here's my little caveat of selling a better siding. When you have the better siding, you get less, like the Cedar Max, you'll have no oil can warping. That product, what that does is it's so rigid with the foam on the back. The oil can warping are those ripples because... If you're not a, a very good installer, and if you're just slapping up because you want to get it done quick, right? improper installation, that's the waves you get, or they're nailing it too tight. This product makes it, it an ease to install. 
And when you put it up, it, it really is. And so it makes actually makes me look better because it's a product that looks perfect when installed. So do I sell people to upgrade that? Absolutely, because again, it's a 50-year decision that I personally made. And when we do it on jobs, that's why homeowners love using it. Should you look for a contractor who specializes in siding? Absolutely. But here's the thing. It's I, I always said it's like you're at the boardwalk. If you ever go to the boardwalk and they're selling gyros and ice cream and pizza and lamb and all these other things, mm-hmm. everybody's, they're doing everything. Mm-hmm. I've practically did so much in this industry, but I'm not a mason. I'm not a plumber. So I do need certain You stick to your knitting. You stick to your knitting. Yeah. But most of the time, even when you have it, roofing and siding, you're not calling a general contractor necessarily because, again, everybody's subbing out. Now, again, I'd say 99%. There's a few people that still physically do the work. But you want to know who's the one doing the work because everybody sells a bill of goods. It's great. I mean, you get the best salesman out there. You're going to buy it. And next thing you know, you got guys that are coming to the job you can't communicate with. They're mm-hmm. just slapping it up. They're trashing the house. They're walking all over your landscaping. Mm-hmm. And you're not happy with it. So if you don't ask the right questions from the beginning, and believe me, there's a lot of questions that I could ask a contractor as being a homeowner. Hey, by the way, uh, are they your guys? Are the ones doing the work? Are you going to be here doing the work? You as the owner, are you physically doing the work? Right, right. Uh, again, I know I'm throwing this out because most contractors are not going to do that. Today, it's, hey, let me sell you and I'll get a, when I talk about S&S, it's salesmen and subs. That's mm-hmm. all it is today. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you homeowners that if you're going to be hiring a guy that's a salesman and sub, you better look at the work and you better know who's coming to your job because, again, you make this decision, you're not happy with it, you got to live with it. How far out should you choose material and sign an agreement? Well, again, depending on the certain sidings. Certain sidings have a little more lead time you have to wait for. But if a contractor is a very good contractor, you might have to wait for the contractors. The product might come in before the sider can get to you. So somebody that could start right away there's two options when that happens. Number one, they're not very good because they don't have that much work. They don't work. have any much work. Or yeah. number two, it's one of these massive companies that have 55 sub crews sitting and standing around and they're just having stock product and just want to slap right. it up and go. Do you want that? I, listen, I'm not here to tell you either way. If you want that, then you can get it. It's just throughout the years on the show that you and I have been talking to a lot of these people that horror stories. And I said, if you didn't ask that right question, you're the one that wanted that. So you've got to accept what you, you got. I hate to say it to you, but if you... Didn't do that vetting, but it's a lot of money you're still putting out for siding. Okay. Speaking about choosing material, is there any easy way to do that? I tell people right away, go to provia.com slash YVH. And first, and you can't go wrong looking at the product ahead of time to know what you're going to be purchasing. And a website's a good gener- generally a, a good way to actually look at something ahead of time. So you can see certain products. Now, I love websites. I also like seeing the product. A contractor at that point should be able to bring the product out. So I have every Provia product with me that I get from Tom Adams because I still use them for all my products locally and all my Provia products. So I have all the Provia products that I bring to you personally because what I want to do is I want you to see it firsthand. Mm -hmm. I want you to see it on the house. So number one, go to the website. It makes it easy so you can get an idea of understanding. And you can see how the products work together. Right? It does. And then what so, you do is you're going to make my time as a contractor easier because you say, oh, I don't like this on my house or I like this color. Mm-hmm. I don't like this color. Right. Now you, when you go through their website and you see every all the possibilities, then you can go to the contractor. I like the C-Slate. I like the Timberline. Can you bring two of those out samples so I can put them up to right. the house? Right. So it makes it a little bit easier and it really cuts down on the time if you're choosing what you want to do. And How about windows and sliders? Is that same rule of thumb apply to windows and sliders? Absolutely. Yeah. I, any product that you want to look at, you want to see firsthand also. 
go through the website. It's so easy to walk through. Once you see that, work with the contractor, and, and especially when you're dealing with windows. There's many lines in windows. You've got to know what you're purchasing. And that's why I always have the, most of my, here's one thing nice about having a local contractor is that I can even give you jobs in the area that I've recently done. Mm -hmm. So you can see how it looks firsthand. So having that product and the visual of the product that you have on a house, it's going to be a lot easier for you to visualize it. Because some people really need to see it. They need to see it in person. They need to see something live and in front of them. But that's what it does. It makes my job easier if you can go on the website first, minimize what you want, know what you like, because it's easy enough to work with. Right. And then I can fine-tune you from there. Right. Just seems to me the black window frames are the thing to do now. Have you been using a lot of those? I just installed my first Provia Aris black on black, uh, and <laughs> I love it. The finish on the inside, it was amazing. And I'm, it, I'm telling you, it was absolutely gorgeous. And we did it in a two-stage project because with the kitchen we did. And then after we got done, because we had to get to the phase two, was putting that triple window in, and we had Debbie on to talk about it. And the finish. How about doors? Same thing. Mm -hmm. you know, we had a few people on talking about it, my customers that we recently did, but it's a great now look. So if you're looking for something that's going to be hot, that's going to be future, it's going to be what everybody's going to be using, go on it right now. Be the first to do it because it's a great look and it's a timeless look still, no matter how you look at it, because nobody else has it. If you can't afford to do your entire house, aside the entire house, put windows in the entire house, should you do the street side first? Uh, yes. Yes. When you're doing windows... What I always, my rule of thumb is, look, windows cost money. They, there's no doubt about it. If we get a supply and install any window is in budget stage, try to do something that's visual. Because when you do, if you do half the windows on the front of the house and the other half are not done on the same front of the house, you're really going to notice them. Right. So try to get what I call the plain view, which means if you're standing maybe at the corner or your front of the house, try to do it in sections that way. But yes, you can do it in sides and then continue that way. Second question, should you do your siding and windows in one project? I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. So when people say, hey, look, we'll give you a better price, it's not so much the better price, which is a great bonus for homeowners. But when I'm doing my siding and windows, and the way I do it is I can marry the rubber and the underlayments that marry the products together all at one time. So, so if you can't do the whole house, do the primary facade that faces the street first, right? Absolutely. Okay. If you're going to do it, I, listen, the best thing they recommend to do is if you're going to be doing siding windows and you know you're going to be doing it, and if you have to wait a year, I would budget to do it all at once. Price, you're going to get a way better of a price. Mm -hmm. For somebody to come out to do something in a small area, it's going to cost a lot sure. more money. Yeah. Budget another year, get the better products, do it all at once. It's going to be cheaper in the long run. And when you get the products, it's all going to be married together. So you're never going to have a problem if you do it the way we tell you here at Your Value. I'm home. just going to repeat one tip that you mentioned before, and that is if you do the outside of your house, don't put your landscaping in first. I had that happen to me, actually, when I had a new roof put on. I had these beautiful rhododendrons out front and stripped all, the, stripped all the branches off them. Well, that's Not a good I, thing to do. So if you're planning right now in the wintertime and you're looking at siding, I always tell people, listen, plan now. Don't wait till as the winter goes on or springtime because if you want to get on the board with the contractor, you want to get in the springtime because when we're working in there and we're, again, doing the work, I'm trying to be as ginger as possible, but some damage is going to happen. And this was the last Your Valuable Home podcast of 2022. Stick with us. It's going to get bigger and better in 2023. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. 
With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old-world craftsmanship. The Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 